0: On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to Sidetracks, the unscripted and unruly series where we share with you what we've been watching and whether it's worth your time.
1: This is the Grindhouse Girls Podcast.
0: Katie and hi there. I am Brittany. Happy whatever day it is. May it's May. Happy May. Hit May second as of today. So I was gonna say it's gonna be May, but it already is May. Happy May. It's um Asian American and Pacific Islander um Heritage Month. So uh, Parasite and the host just dropped on HBO Max. If you haven't already watched those two, I saw that on there. So it's a great month to watch everything everywhere all at once and uh, beef and a bunch of other stuff. I'll talk- I did watch a couple things, uh, but I just realized that like yesterday, I was like, oh, cool. That's fun. Because we've had a lot of really cool um, Asian American and just Asian heritage uh, creators on this platform. So uh, it's definitely a good, I don't know, third of the movies we've covered, maybe fourth. I don't know. That's a lot yeah so that's exciting yay may uh thank you all for tuning in to our anniversary specials and thank you for our guests to come on dalton and jake and armand y'all were fabulous and wonderful and it was a fun conversation even though we had technical difficulties at the beginning so that was fun (laughs) how are you brett
1: i i am i'm okay uh, you know been been keeping more sociable It's spring uh we here in alabama uh it is like almost a record low for the month of may the temperatures have been pretty like uh, you know high 60s yeah, it's like
0: 70s and like low yeah it's only like 75 i think was today yeah it was really windy it felt really yeah. nice outside so it's like I everything love when it's sunny and windy
1: I do, too. It's My it's allergies awful. have been acting up not as
0: bad as some people's, but... uh might have been awful, yeah. Yeah, so... I did not get to see Bo was Afraid because the one day this weekend I could have gone, I had a massive headache all day. Aww. And Brittany <laughs> confirmed that that would have been a bad idea to watch that movie with <laughs> yeah, a massive allergy headache.
1: I actually was very proud of myself because that's one of the things I saw. And I did not think about it because I don't... I'm a little bit cheap, and I and I love popcorn. I love popcorn, but I don't always get it when I go to the movie theater just because it's really yeah. expensive. But then I was like, you know, for a three-hour movie, I'm going to enjoy myself. I'm going to get some popcorn.
0: Then realize
1: realize salt dehydrates you, and I didn't have to go to the bathroom one time during Bo's Afraid, <laughs> which was great. Uh, but then I was so dehydrated, I took a two-hour nap after the movie. So, I mean, that was, that was five
0: hours of my day that day. Three hours to the movie, two hour nap. So yeah, to Ari Aster. Yeah. How? So what did you think about it without spoiling too much for everybody? Oh God. Um. I still. I. I. I read a few non spoiler reviews
1: of people who have said like, "Is Ari Aster okay?" And. Uh, uh, which I, I agree probably with not completely. I, I agree with. Are you okay, or Uh, But then also, a lot of people are like, I can't figure out if I love it or hate it, and I do feel very similar in that camp. So mm. I walked in, and it's kind of like a little bit like your infinity pool moment because I did have a guy. I wasn't like in mm. a cute dress or anything. I wasn't like athleisure wear. I probably look like a very basic white bitch. Uh, but I did have a guy <laughs> walk in, and he said, "Bo, he said, Bo's afraid." And I was like, Yeah, just because <laughs> so I was afraid and
0: like, <laughs> so, like I feel like we just need to wear shirts and say like I the, like the horror movie movies. Title, the movie title. But I'm a little well, I specifically dressed for Evil Dead, like I said on last week's episode, because yeah. I was like, I can't deal with it at this point with someone going, Are you in the right theater, ma'am? Well, yes. it was,
1: there was, I will say, so there was six, this was the Sunday after it premiered on Friday, there was six people in the theater, including me and Taylor, I was one of two girls, and so four boys, two girls, and I, you know, I'm a little bit dramatic theater major, and I'm like, we're mm-hmm. a family, because we're about to entertain this three-hour <laughs> movie together, um, and obviously, they did not have the same energy that I did, because I'm like, it's a fucking Ariaster film, I'm I'm ready for the weird, um, yeah. so... The first hour of the movie is more it's the most like surrealist, absurdist like movie I've ever seen in a theater. And me mm. and Taylor were actually laughing our asses off during the first hour. <laughs> but we were the only two of the six laughing. Um, oh, that's not good. Yeah, so uh already you can kind of feel like it's gonna be a very divisive film. Um, it, it. I'll I'll say this. So like, Bo kind of lives like in this hellish landscape in like this metropolis city, and like hmm. literally like the opening scenes in the movie is there's like chaos in the streets and everything as he's trying to get home. There's a dead body laying in the streets. You don't know how long it's been there. So it's like it, this this world Ari Aster's created. There's it's huh. definitely mimicking our world, but it's obviously not our world. Um, yeah, and so. But there's a catalyst that happens that kind of sets Bo Bo off to this journey back home, his home where his mom lives. And Mm -hmm. um, it gets more progressively serious. There is a lot of dark humor, but there's not as much dark humor as in the first half. And the, mm-hmm. short, the short bow that Bo is afraid is based on, Bo never leaves the house in the short. So okay. I don't know if this was kind of like the experimental side of it. And it seems like a lot of people don't like the second and third half as much. I like the second and th- third half of the film. It does feel very different in tone to me from the first mm-hmm. half of the film. It's not as comical. There's a lot more... Allusions to like Greek tragedies and especially like the Odyssey. There's a lot of like Freudian stuff going on in there. So there is so much psychological shit, but if we dive into the psychological shit, I'm going to have to spoil a thing or two for you. I don't want to do that. I've heard it's very
0: Kafka esque.
1: Yeah. Oh, I would agree with that. Yeah, it is a lot. There is some metamorphosis type stuff happening. I
0: would agree with that. Yeah. I'm excited to finally watch it. I'm almost more excited to watch it from home yeah because then i can like kind of pause it and think about it whereas like i was disappointed i didn't see midsummer in theaters just because it's such a visual spectacle how are the visuals for this one? Oh,
1: well, i you know i was telling you so the, in the middle half of the movie like pretty much like directly in the middle uh the wolf house so is it chris oh yeah Christabel, uh Chris leon and
0: joaquin Cochina. Cochinya. Yeah. Cochinya. There's there's the little wavy thing, and I feel like I'm mispronouncing it, and I'm so sorry.
1: There it is like so in the in the centerpiece of the film, there's like this like so Bo is watching this play and essentially he starts imagining himself as the main character, even though like he has Ooh. things in common with the main character and he doesn't have things in common with the main character. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I do like that bit of theater because I, I feel like a lot of creative people kind of do that they're watching a the show and they kind of identify with like yeah. a character and they imagine themselves yeah.
0: so it's it very... sounds like i'm thinking of ending things like more and more the more i think like because i got that vibe but now you're like and there's a play within the movie i'm like oh yeah i think i think the two of them should get together and make their own movie i'm like i'm like dying to like
1: talk about like the big thing in the film that that's like just oh my god it's a driving force behind the whole movie but i'm like i just can't ruin it so yeah
0: i think some of it got ruined for me about what happens to his mom
1: yeah and that does happen so that's probably within the first half hour of the movie so it's relatively early on that you do find out about that um, I was telling Katie that, you know, if you're going in to see Hereditary Midsummer, it's nothing like Hereditary Midsummer. This was supposed to be his first film. Uh, I think he had wrote the script, which is somewhere online. I have not read the original script. I really want to now. But he had wrote the script for this to be his first movie. And instead, it ended mm. up being Hereditary. I do think that was the right call. What I will say, love it or hate it, you have to admire how epic the vision and like the scope of work this movie took to create and bring as a finalized product. I really like that. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is great. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a movie where Joaquin Phoenix isn't great. It's just...
0: Uh, there's a lot of stuff going on. But it's but they should have dressed him as the Joker, and then more people would have shown up, apparently.
1: That's true, but he, you know what? <laughs> it's funny, though, because when they did the April Fool's premiere uh, at the draft, the Alamo Draft House in L.A., he had to leave early because he was still doing some fully laid-do stuff for Joker too. Mm. So he had to rush off, so he wasn't able to stay for the Q&A, which Emma Stone, of all people, conducted. I thought that was really cool. Um <laughs> Yeah, she was there. And that's the first thing
0: she literally said was, are you okay? To Ari Aster. So, <laughs> well, um, I know that he worked out a breakup by writing Midsummer, And so I wonder if maybe something has happened. I haven't read anything about like what this is based on, but maybe he does have a difficult relationship with his mom. Maybe he just, maybe it was just a difficult relationship total. I don't know. There are some very normal people who have some very fucked up things in their brain. And I, and I think sometimes putting it out in the world in an art form kind of helps you not act upon weird thoughts and kind of process them. It's almost like therapy because you're getting them out in the open and you're talking about them. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not okay because you're at least talking about them. However, I don't know if that's the case with him. But I genuinely like him as a director. And I'm curious because, you know, before – like late last year you know my three probably favorite directors in modern horror at the time i guess four had only made two movies and it was uh ari aster jordan peele um shit robert eggers robert eggers and um uh julia DeCorno. all of them had four movies um, and then, like, three out of the four were all about to release a new movie. And, like, The Northman, I felt, like, was very still true to robert eggers as a filmmaker even though it was different yeah and not really horror but like he do even the lighthouse wasn't very horror i keep saying the northman like I, I liked it but
1: it felt like the mainstream effort of his movies yeah
0: but it still seemed like him you yeah, know what it i mean does. like it's he, definitely he, that historical like yeah, very historical accuracy, accuracy. and yeah. all yeah mm-hmm. and and attention to language and details and mm-hmm. there was enough gross like bloody action in it um, And then, like, Nope, I feel like a lot of people felt really lukewarm about it. I really enjoyed it. And I do think it was his take on, like, the sci-fi version, and not so much horror. But yeah. he was changing it a little bit. This is, like, a completely 180 with the genre. So that's why, like, I'm very curious about Ari Aster. Yeah. Because I'm like... I'm like, oh, is this going to be... Am I going to hate it? Am I going to love it? And I'm mad because I didn't get to go see it this weekend. It's still playing in some theaters near us. So maybe I'll get to see it in theaters. I might just wait and rent it at this point. I don't know.
1: Yeah. And I, I did tell Katie this before we started recording, but I'm like, it's a lot closer to his shorts. Than his hereditary Midsummer. Mm. So, if you guys are kind of wanting to maybe prepare yourself for watching this movie without actually watching the movie yet, go back and watch some of his shorts, and that's kind of kind of compare. That's kind of give you like an idea of story and stylize what you're going to expect of this one. Um, I I will say this. It. I mean, it made me think. It stuck with me. I mean, even after the movie ended, I was thinking about it all that day and all the next day. So, I mean. Even if I can't say it's my favorite film, and even if I can say I'll probably only plan to watch it one more time, unless we do it for the podcast, (laughs) I I, I mean, there's a lot to unpack there. And I do like movies that I can unpack things in. I really do. Yeah.
0: But it is lengthy at three hours. That's Mm -hmm. a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You know. <laughs> originally, it was supposed to be four hours. Apparently, so I wonder if there's a director's cut somewhere. Honestly, oh, I'm sure there is because he he did a director's cut of Midsummer. Mm-hmm. I don't know about Hereditary, but I know. But you know, I I wonder. I'm sure there is. I'm sure there's a four hour cut because that was originally how he pitched it. it. Was like a four hour nightmare dream. Come- dark comedic nightmare is what he said, and I was like, okay, which sounds fun. Honestly, I love me I, some dark comedies.
1: I do think it's cool too because Bo's mom's like a huge entrepreneur in that universe, and her name's Mona Wasserman, and the logo's like MW. And literally, when it's showing like the production companies before it shows the title card, it literally shows her production company to mw oh yeah so it's like and you see the initials everywhere all over the movie so it's that's another kind of layer to the film
0: like for sure he does have really good attention to detail Mm -hmm. um like if you go back in midsummer there's like a bunch of hidden shit that you don't notice the first time like the tapestry Um,
1: when you open the movie it tells the whole movie
0: and, oh, it's – yeah.
1: And I didn't even know and that until the like, second okay. time I watched it. I was like, holy fuck, that's the whole yeah. movie in the title card right there. Yeah. Well, there's
0: there's a part where, like, when she's tripping um, during the May dance and, uh, like, where her, like, dead sister is just, like, in the crowd Ugh. and then, like, in the forest and just randomly – and her parents are, like, edited there and stuff. And so you're like, oh, is this real? Is this imaginary? What's going on? Is she just tripping? You know, and there's a lot of like stuff like that where it's just like random, like just but just for a few seconds, so you don't really notice. Very like, um, very um haunting of Hill House kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah. But well, I'm excited still to yeah. see it. I, you know, because I, we we went and saw Evil Dead Rise, and mm-hmm. we were kind of focusing on that, and had a lot of stuff going on. I I watched more TV. Okay, this there's nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I watched um, episodes four and five of Succession, still enjoying it. There's some interesting stuff. I don't want to spoil anything, but, you know, like, good, for, you know, I still really like it. Um, my two favorites are still Shiv and Roman. Kendall ooh, Kendall, uh, opened up the episode five just, like, in total douchebaggery, like, I love it. Like, I feel bad, though, because apparently the actor who plays Kendall is, like, quote-unquote method, and it drove fucking Brian Cox up a wall. He was like, what the fuck? This is so annoying. And Brian Cox is a fantastic, well-seasoned actor. And, you know, I was talking to Scott about this, and I was like, yeah. I mean, I, I like his performance, and I don't know the man personally, but there's something skeevy when people like say I'm a method actor and then it's almost like it's an excuse for them to act like a douchebag on set at work and I'm like it's just like it's in my opinion in 99% of the cases it's unnecessary to be in character 24 I I'll say maybe 80% of cases because the only time I can say I would understand why someone is in character on set all the time Um, is if you have, like, an accent you have to use that isn't your natural accent, because that is hard to turn off and on, and I can understand that. But, like, I don't know. Maybe I've just taken it too easy, but, like, also method is not not being in character 24-7. That's not what the method is. That's why when people are like, I'm a method actor, I'm like, well, that's your method. That's not the method. Jeez Louise, it annoys the shit out of me. Anyways, but... His character is a total douchebag, but I kind of love it because, like, it is making fun of like, the people that own Fox News, basically. Like, that's kind of what the the main characters are all based, basically, loosely, allegedly on, like, the Murdoch family and, like, the people that own Fox News and stuff, which is hilarious because they're all getting their asses sued off right now. And so, like, they're dealing with all this fallout, like, in the show, but they, fi- they filmed it before the Dominion lawsuit all came out, and so I find it hilarious because they're talking about firing all these people from their fake Fox News that's on the TV show, um because of this big shift and change in the company and i'm like oh like took a cross and just got fired <laughs> it's mm-hmm. a great it's been a great couple of weeks he and steven crowder have just gone off the fucking deep end and it's hilarious to me um i just love it also lying to people well steven Crowder's just an asshole to his very pregnant wife oh which, god it's it's, a, it, it's kind of a surprise, but also kind of expected. Um, but it's been a great week. So when I watch Succession and, like, shitty stuff happens to that family, I'm like, yeah, but they're all responsible for this universe's Fox News. So do I feel that bad for them? Not really. Like, I do and I don't. Also, Alexander Skarsgård is in it as a supporting role, and he was just in the episode that I just watched. And I love a good Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, Scott just started watching True Blood for the first time. Oh. And <laughs> I was admiring. So, okay. I have to
1: say, also, when I walked in to record last week, Scott was watching Interview with a Vampire. And I was like, oh, Interview with the Vampire. I was like, very interesting, Scott. Okay, I see your yeah. layers now. You're like
0: Shrek. You're an onion. Yeah he was watching that and then i came home one day and he was watching red dragon and i was like <gasps> okay yeah i love red awesome. dragon yeah so i've watched the, I, the, so older stuff that i like uh, you know i rewatched most of interview with the vampire red dragon and then true blood and mm. i don't know if y'all how y'all feel about true blood i do love true blood it is we, kind of a guilty pleasure we love the early seasons of it yeah, I you know, it's one of the few television shows that I've watched from the beginning to the end. And I actually was satisfied with the ending. I thought they ended it very well with Suki and Suki. I'm sorry, Suki, Suki. and Bill, and like the journey of like, spoilers for true blood, the journey of Bill being human again, basically. Because that's what he's wanted from day one, was he missed being a human. Yeah. And and then Suki letting go of him and like you know becoming hu- more human too because she didn't want to be different either so like I kind of like it, it, it was kind of a weird last couple seasons I didn't love the last two seasons but the way everything ended up playing out I was actually very satisfied with I was like that's nice and I, that rarely happens with television shows and
1: I do think it's pretty admirable like if a season like I feel that way with The Office too it's like you know I- Oh, after Steve Carell left, they they kind of lost their footing for a minute, yeah. but then by the last season, I loved the last season The Office. It was like the two seasons before, I was like, there's some good moments. Yeah, I basically my skipped
0: the two seasons before, and I yeah. watched most of the last season. But the finale, and other than the Pam cameraman romance, yeah, it didn't really happen, but yeah. I was like, Ugh, I do not Taylor. like this.
1: That's the one thing. So we every time we get to the final season of The Office, it opens up that first episode, and Jim and Pam are like, "Are we good to take these off?" Taylor's like, "I hate that. I hate that." I was like, "Well, they're finally breaking reality because you knew this was going to be the last season." Taylor's like, "I know, but I just hated that moment." Yeah, um, but I love the finale to The Office. It's one of my this favorite finales. finales. Great.
0: Yeah. And uh, Dwight and Angela getting back together, mm-hmm. like, in, on those side of the road, like, that whole thing. Loved it. Loved the, that. The megaphone, can you not? And he's just like, woman!
1: Like, he just had the megaphone, so.
0: It was, well, she's like, it's your baby. And it's like, of course it's your baby, Dwight. It's so cute.
1: Well, he always knew because he's like, that baby. Like, because it's like a huge
0: baby. He's like, that baby's perfectly proportionate. Like, <laughs> It's great. I love that Dwight and Angela got married Mm -hmm. and everything. Like, that part's great. But yeah. But True Blood, I don't know, it's kind of a guilty pleasure. I think the first season is very introductory, but I still really like the mystery in the first season, and I think it's pretty well done. The best thing True Blood ever did was leave you on a cliffhanger every episode. Because it kept me watching. Cause at first I was very against it. And my friend Elizabeth was like, please watch this. I have it on DVD. And so she basically made me watch it. And I was like, okay, okay. And then like I got to one episode and I was like, I gotta know what happens next. And so I kept watching it. And then eventually like it, you know, I think it, it got better. Like the, in like season two and three, maybe even season four. It was something after, like, the whole Lilith thing. After that happened, that got kind of bizarre. Um, it got really bizarre. When they had, like, the time switch, too, that was fucking weird. You know, all in all, still a good watch. I still think, like, yeah, give True Blood a shot. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, I also started watching Dead Ringers. Oh, yeah, people are saying that's actually good. I haven't started it yet. So I just watched the first episode. Um, it's a six-part miniseries based off of the David Cronenberg movie starring Jeremy Irons. And it's Rachel Weisz playing uh, two twin identical twin sisters, Beverly and Elliot, um, which those are the same names as the uh, twins in... The movie, the doubling is done very convincingly. So basically, Rachel Vice would do the scene as one of the twins with a, with a double with her stand in as the other twin. And then they'd switch. Kind of like the in the parent trap. Exactly. But much better editing nowadays. But it is pretty mm-hmm. seamless, I will say. Um, it also has Brittany Oldford, which I was like, why does that girl look so familiar? Because I but I went back and looked at her IMDB. She was Alma Walker in a AH, uh, American Horror Story Asylum, Kid's oh, Wife. Oh, okay, that yeah, he yeah, supposedly yeah, yeah, yeah. kills but doesn't oh, kill.
1: Oh, she was also a uh, freaking Cassie in the short
0: lived American version of Skins. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which yeah. I didn't get to watch that yet, but um but yeah, it didn't do so well she's she plays Genevieve, the like the romantic interest of, I believe, Beverly. Because basically one of the twins is like an asshole and one of them is like more sweet and so so it's like a dr jekyll mr hyde thing yeah a little bit and like in the movie they kind of like the the asshole one will like seduce women and then he will pass them on to his other brother um when he gets bored with them basically and they never know the difference because they're identical that's not really what happens with the genevieve it kind of happens but not as much um, cause in the first episode, like she, you know, they tell her, oh, you know, we're twins, but then like they do switch around. Like basically Elliot like is like, I'll get her for you. And like Elliot, like very, like comes on very hard to her and like kisses her in a bar and stuff. And then it's Beverly, but then Beverly's like, oh, it was just me the whole time. I was like, ooh, lying. But like Beverly is also there's, so basically they're, um, OBGYNs. And so they are trying to open a birthing center for women because they're trying to revolutionize, like, women's fertility health and reproductive health. And basically, it's very timely because in the first episode, we find out that Beverly wants to have a baby and has frozen a bunch of embryos but keeps miscarrying. And Elliot is, like, determined to help her have a baby, and like so, she like literally has a miscarriage. Um, there's a I, there's graphic birth scenes, infant and mother death, and a miscarriage all in the first episode. It's a lot, but it's really well done. But I honestly like was very affected by like the infant death and the uh, the mother loss because basically like they kind of showcase the shit show that is women's reproductive health right now. Yeah, um, and basically there's one woman who like she doesn't trust the medical system so she wants to have a home birth because it's so expensive but then she comes when she's been laboring for three days and gives birth to a stillborn child that she doesn't know is stillborn because she hasn't been going to the doctor so she didn't know there was anything wrong oh, because gosh. she was just trying to doing everything natural and that's really sad and the woman who's playing the mother i don't know who she is because she doesn't say a lot of things but she is like florence Pugh in the beginning of midsummer like ugly crying and it got me i was like oh my god i was like that is so fucking sad and then there's another woman who's like who's, and she's a black woman and she's like i feel like this is pain that isn't normal because i've had a c-section before and i had another c-section and this doesn't feel normal and basically like they don't take her seriously and then she ends up dying And I'm like, that is a huge problem in the medical field because a lot of people do not believe black women when they say, I'm in pain. Because they're like, for some reason, they just are viewed as tougher, quote unquote. Yeah. And there's a huge, like, leap. There's been a huge leap in mortality rates for births for women. There's And black women especially. But everybody's jumped the last couple years and that's terrifying
1: there's a very outdated and not true at all notion that black women have higher pain tolerance and there's no backing to this but that's what they believed like 250 years ago right because they tried to justify that's why it was okay to do experiments on black people but yeah that's why it's very interesting because nowadays we are seeing a higher number of black women having at home births for that very reason because they're not always believed by their doctors, I think in Alabama a lot of the home birth sites I follow, they usually feature black women giving birth at home for that reason, which is very fucking
0: sad when you think about it. Yeah, but maternal mortality rates in America have actually jumped in the last yeah. few years, and a and we're lot one of, of the worst. It's like, and it's not like we're still not as bad as other countries in total but we shouldn't have this problem because we do we we do have a lot of advances in healthcare, and this is basically like they want to open their own birthing center because they don't they want to be able to revolutionize it and one of them is doing it for the glory and just the science of it all and the other one is more compassionate and so it's kind of like like they're, they're two sides of the same coin um also jennifer ale who was in saint maud who was the patient that Maud was taking care of in Saint Maud, and who was very famously uh, Eliza Bennett in Pride and Prejudice the miniseries? She plays like this donor who is basically the head of like her family was like a big pharma company. Like it's basically the same family that um, the Sackoffs. Like mm-hmm. it's basically like a fake version of the sack. Sack, sack, sadler Sackoff family mm-hmm. the ones that what not all the beauty and the bloodshed yeah the, okay. the family that is basically responsible for all allegedly for all the oxy cotton and you know all of the, the um what i'm trying to say opiate addictions in the world because they you know pushed their company was responsible and then also like i hadn't seen this person another thing but she stood out to me in the first episode poppy lou who's on hacks and better call saul Mm. she's also like their like maid like house housekeeper something she's very funny though because like the genevieve lady wakes up and she's like you can't be the sister and um she's like what are you like oh you must be some kind of maid or something she's like yeah i'm fucking a maid or something <laughs> and she was just very funny and i was like i like her And i think she's in the whole se- series too so i like it it's very stylish it's it, it is uh very well done and it's like a mini series which i'm happy about because like i hate it when they're like let's make a series about a, a a movie that's popular but like they expand it too much you yeah. know i'm like yeah keep it to a six episode miniseries apparently there's also a fatal attraction miniseries that yes. i haven't started yet and I heard but they, i'm like Oof. i i didn't read
1: spoilers but i was reading reviews and the the one that you're talking about why did i just blank on the name of the show uh, fate- oh Dead Ringers yeah Dead Ringers is getting really good reviews the Fatal
0: Attraction is. adaptation is not getting yeah it reviews. doesn't look great well also yeah. they have Joshua Jackson which no offense to Joshua Jackson but not the acting caliber of Rachel Pies. just yeah. saying like she's fucking fantastic She's a librarian. Well, in my opinion, like, if they have went more for what the original
1: Fatal Attraction script was going for in the miniseries, mm-hmm. I, I would think that would be a lot more interesting, but I don't think that's what they're going for as much. Well,
0: and that's the interesting thing about Fatal Attraction is, like, Glenn Close was really trying to pay attention to accurately portraying someone with a mental health With, you know, mental illness and, like, she was trying to be very true because she has familial history of mental health issues and she was really trying to be sensitive to that. But then, like, the editing of the movie kind of doesn't portray that character that way. Yeah. And so it's always been, like, a failing of – I think on her part she's mentioned, she's like, I feel a little bad. But it's also such a good fucking movie that I love that movie. But I'm like, if the movie goes – if the series goes more towards that, cool – But I don't think it's going to do that.
1: I also think it's like it, it was a sign of the times as well as the audience because that's the thing. They were like, they showed this movie to the audience and they really wanted her blood because they felt so bad for the wife. And so that's why the ending was completely different. They're like, let's have the wife kill her because that like gives her that sense of revenge and justice that she deserves. And I don't know, I would have loved to see the original ending, which is, of course, Katie knows is that her character Mm -hmm. kills herself and tries to pin it on him. And there's more of like a court side to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. This definitely looks like this is a sexy TV series. It's so sexy. Like, that's kind of like the vibe they're trying
0: to give, you know? Which I think is what Fatal Attraction was like uh, marketed as, and Mm -hmm. then people saw it and they were like, "Oh Oh, god, maybe I shouldn't cheat on my spouse." Yeah, you never should. But that's the uh, sad
1: thing. It's like thinking about that movie. He seems so happy with his wife and his little girl, and it's just like they're just literally gone for like two days. It's not like they're gone for a year. Two days, and he succumbs to an affair, which makes
0: you think how many times has he done this before? Oh, that's true. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, he's. It seems like he probably only – this is once. But I was like, why would you, like, be that into someone that you barely know – I don't know. Maybe I'm a prude. I'm just saying, like, if you're that happy with your wife and that satisfied with your wife – and you love your family, like what? They're gone for two days. What is the wrong with you, sir? What is and happening? And she also legitimately—I think we like
1: a lot of people forget—she's legitimately pregnant by him. Like, literally, yeah. it's never disproven anywhere in the movie that she was lying about the pregnancy. Like, it's like no, she's no. legitimately pregnant by him. Which no. I mean doesn't give her the excuse to put his child's pet rabbit in the boiler. No, not Boiling saying the that honey, that, no that was like crossing
0: the line. As was kidnapping his yes. child, essentially crossing yeah. the line. Although. They did just go to a fun amusement park, but, you know, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I love that part. And then the wife's like, oh, my God. And they're just like, ah, I'm a roller coaster. Ah. <laughs> I was like, this is fucking
1: sick. I think that's like, like, literally sick. It is like really, really terrifying. And she, I think I read that Glenn Close based it on the fact that she, like, based her character on the fact that she was probably sexually abused. As a child, so she was... She really led with research in that role. And she is so damn good in that role. And I think that's, like, the sad... Like, the sad to think about, too.
0: It also does speak to where mental health was then. And, like, whereas now... Obviously, she has clinical depression. Like, obviously... Like, when she's, like, sitting alone in her apartment... Like, the fucking girl... From um from audition, yeah, just waiting. I'm like, okay, obviously, like n- people don't do that unless there's they have clinical depression and they can't help it. And I mean, obviously, like even now, people are like, just get happy. I'm like, that's not how depression works. Yeah, it's not how it oh, works. Oh shit! Y'all. Why did I try that already? What well, shit! My mm-hmm. I could just tell my anxiety to go away. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! <laughs> like, but. But there's more people nowadays who understand that depression, anxiety, a lot of mental health disorders, obsessive-compulsive disorder, they are things that, like, you cannot help and all you can do is find coping mechanisms or medications to help you process this stuff. And some of it's caused by trauma and some of it is just hereditary, (laughs) Ari Aster, and you just can't, like, prevent it, but you just have to find tools to cope, and, like, it, some, sometimes it works better on some people than others. I have noticed there's there's a lot of people that I have met in my life who, like, obviously tr- who treat other people not so great. And then they're like, I'm in therapy. And I'm just like, I don't think you're doing the work because I feel like you do have to do the work. It is really hard, but it is also rewarding and it can be done in most cases Maybe, maybe not severe cases. I don't know. But like nowadays, we know that there's like, there's no, sh- well, we should know. There's no shame in going to therapy. There's no shame in treating mental illness because it's just like cancer. It's just like diabetes. Like it's chronic. It's going to happen and it happens to almost everybody. And, you know, it's just managing it. But back then, she was just she's fucking crazy and glenn close was ahead of her time thinking about the realities of mental health and uh unfortunately that's not how the marketing went or how the editing went of that movie um but i don't think the series is either i don't i i'll probably watch the first episode and just see but i really went to watch dead ringers and i did watch a couple other things but what else did you watch because i just went off on a tangent for a while uh, so I did watch Scream Six. <gasps> I almost did, and I decided to watch something else instead. What was? What are your feelings? I oh, will probably watch it this weekend. God, so
1: I wish I wish you had watched it because there's some things that I would have spoiled a little bit for you. Uh, okay. I, I had. We can talk fun. about it next time. I too. Had fun. I had fun. Okay. I will say that I did have fun. I did like five better personally. Okay. Um It is like. This has always been a thing with this series. is very self-aware. It's very meta. So, like, for example, the opening character the first character we see is samara weaving from like ready or not fame and later yeah. on the subway train you see a bunch of characters in costumes because it's like halloween and you do see a ready or not character i'm like haha! like so i do like how they do that and then they reference like the theories so at like one point like you know they're like that's the tv that kills Stu mocker and they're like if he's dead so it's like obviously they're reading like the reddit fan boards and stuff like that so they're very aware of this series and i do like that. I like how they continue that. Um, and even they allude like at one point, because there's like this is like the sequel. The main character goes to college because Jenna Ortega's character Tara is in college in New York in this mm-hmm. one. So there I like that bit. But there is a lot of stuff that happens that I'm just like no reasonable person would let this string of events happen. Oh, okay. Like there is like logic drops. In the movie, multiple times. <sighs> Ooh. That's not fun. Yeah, so it's like, it's fun. Ghostface is very, very brutal in this one. Like, and I think if you watch any of the trailers, you can see that this is a more brutal Ghostface with like more aggressive stabbing, the shotguns, everything. Um. So yeah, when you watch it, we'll go into more spoiler stuff. That I'll give like uh, our people another. Week I don't to like see him it. having a
0: gun, or sure. Yeah. Well, you know, there's two That's killers. Not That's theory. always the thing in scream. I mean, there's always two killers, but yeah. But like, I don't like them having like like, but they're they're stabby stab. Yeah, they're it's stabby-stab not there. It's ones. not there in the whole movie. I will say that it's
1: just one specific okay. scene in the movie that they have a gun, but they're like very. I will say there's this ghost is willing to take more risk. I don't know by the end of the movie with the reveal. I kind of semi-guessed the reveal, so I was partially mm. right. Um, I don't know if it if it pays off or makes much sense to me by the end of it. Oh, so but okay. you know, you know, I would love to hear your opinion to see if you agree with me <laughs> or want to argue with me about it. So. I will
0: definitely watch it this week then, because I was going to, but I wanted to watch Dead Ringers and the first episode of Beef. Oh, ah, so, okay. Beef. I watched the first episode of Beef. Beef. I really like it. Yes, I'm excited to watch more of it. Um, I love how the first episode ended. <laughs> it was just like joy- he just pisses all over her bathroom. Yeah, and then he just like joyously runs away. So I'm looking forward to more of that stuff because I love Stephen Yun and I really like Ali Wong. Um, I really I knew I've seen her stand up growing up off and on but i hadn't really watched a whole stand up of hers but like you suggested that i watch um always be my maybe with her in um uh park randall park and um and kiana reeves and i really liked her in that and so as i was like okay i was like okay i think i'm going to like this and it is really funny and it is really well done also karen kusama has directs one of the episodes oh no she does an episode of dead ringers sorry Mm -hmm. i was looking at both of them today she does an episode of dead ringers so i'm excited about that because you know we like her she does a lot of television like horror television and does really good episodes but i really liked it i really liked that they're basically people on complete opposite ends of their lives and i like that um i i really like that (laughs) ali wong's character is like She's really, like, she should be grateful, but she's obviously kind of unhappy in her life. And, like, it's, like, she just wants to fucking rest and it never stops. I do, like, Maria Bello is playing the woman that is trying to buy her company. Yeah. And she was in um, the Jane Austen Book Club. And she's been a lot of stuff. But, like, I always remember her from that show. And it's a really – it's a guilty pleasure romantic comedy that I just love. And I was like, oh, look at her being great in this. Um, so I'm excited to see more of it. Um, but I did, I just wanted to make sure I watched the first episode because you had w- binged it in one weekend. And I was like, I don't have time to watch a whole movie, but I could watch an episode. Of a movie. Also, Scream 6 is, like, something I want to sit down and really, like, take in with some popcorn. Yeah. You know, like, I don't want to just, like, watch it while I'm working. Uh, TV shows I can watch in the background while I'm working. I tried to watch the first episode of Tokyo Ghost – was Tokyo Vampire Hotel? Which is, like, this – I saw a preview for it, like, a year ago. And I was like, that looks chaotic and hilarious. Like, but, like, stylish. Um, but it only has subtitles and so I could not work and watch that. So I will go, I started watching, I was like, I'm not going to pay attention to this the way it deserves. So, um, but yeah, I will say there's a lot of HBO max, which will now be max later on this month and Amazon prime had a lot of, um, Asian and Pacific Islander, um, movies featured. HBO Max has a great collection because not only do they have Studio Ghibli, but they've got, they just got Parasite on there. So if you haven't seen Parasite and you have HBO Max, now's the time. Um, But they also have like all of the Kurosawa uh, Kurosawa movies and a bunch of like um, really cool ones from Criterion Collection. So I feel like I'm going to be checking those out this month. Yes. Which now I feel bad that I didn't realize that May was that when we picked next week's movie. Yeah, but we still got we still got one more movie to pick. We got though, one so. more. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we we toyed with doing Old Boy, but it is still not streaming. Yeah. So, because Dalton suggested that, and I was like, I want to do it so badly, but it's not streaming anywhere. And it makes me upset, because it's such a good fucking movie. But yeah, and I also watched, this is not really important to talk about, because if you see it, you see it. I did watch Tidying Up with Maria Kondo, because... I had to uh, uh make space for people uh uh for other people at my house and so I finally uh decluttered my house which uh has been sorely sorely needed especially my closet and Marie Kondo definitely helped me with that. So if you're decluttering your house, um you should definitely watch uh tidying up with Marie Kondo. She's so soothing. Yeah. But that's, I played some video games too, but did you watch anything else? I
1: did. So, um, okay. because I, because I really want to see, are you there, God is me and Margaret and it's getting uh-huh. really, really good reviews, but I just, I haven't been able to get to the theater and I probably won't honestly for that one, but it, it will be a definite of mine when it comes to streaming. Yeah. I did watch Catherine called Birdie and I know that's one of your favorite books from when you were a kid. I yes. never read the book. Um, but just watching the movie, all I can think I was like, wow, you know, I wish movies like this kind of had assisted when we were younger girls. Because it just makes me kind of like, I maybe you got this from the book. And once again, I, I have never read mm-hmm. the book. But it's just like kind of this idea of coming into being a woman on your own terms. And, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe society wants you to be a, one way, but you're not like... You're not really wanting to be that one way and just kind of learning and growing up and just even talking about things like periods. And it's granted is for like more of a 13th century lens, but yeah, it's really charming. And Bella Ramsey is just like, once again, I'm like, yeah, she's definitely a young Yeah, she's star. great. She well, is. Well, that's
0: like they, the book, it's not a very long book. Um, so it's very good, it's very accessible for middle school. Mm-hmm. Like, people with periods and you know it is it's interesting because like they don't really like villainize like her dad or her mom but like there's a definite disconnect with like what she wants out of life versus what they want like her mom keeps like losing babies yeah that's in the movie too it's just awful and like her mom's like well but like that's, that's like basically her job and Catherine's very much like I don't really want that And, like, she's supposed to marry, like, this old guy, and then he dies. And then she has to marry his son. And then at the very end of the book, she meets him, and he's chill, and he's about her age. And, like – but he's also not, like, let's go get married this very second. He's like, you know, I'm looking forward to us getting married, but let's not, you know, let's let you, like, live your life a little bit first. And it's very nice. I mean – it's a, it's more of a look into what life was like in the middle ages for women especially but also like she is really close with like a lot of the people in the village and stuff and so it kind of shows like the disparity of wealth
1: yeah and that's kind of like stuff. how it is in the movie too and yeah. i'm not i know you're more familiar with the actor i know he plays the hot priest in fleabag what's Hell his name yeah Adam Scott? Scott? Is it Scott? I want to say. I feel like Scott wait, is. Wait, Adam, is it Adam Scott? Hold I feel on. like Scott is one of the names, but I couldn't remember his other name. I will, like, it's Moriarty from Sherlock he is great in this movie so he's definitely like birdies pissed at him most of the movie because he keeps setting her up with potential suitors over and over and over again yeah but there is a there's a scene and this is slight spoilers where her mom's in the froze of giving birth and he's like gives her mom this speech and he's like i will not live in the world where i will not see our children's children make you smile when they tumble in the grass and i'm like son of a bitch man like i think i'm about to cry like it's andrew it's
0: andrew by the way andrew Scott. okay andrew scott okay
1: that's what it is but i was like yeah he's he's good but i just i keep thinking about these movies and maybe there was like these little gems that assisted when we were growing up that i just maybe wasn't as familiar with but it's really nice mm-hmm. just to think that like young women will have like movies like this or maybe even the edge of 17 or maybe are you their goddess me margaret i know they have the books too which is great but yeah it made me happy and then um
0: it's and like Turning one. Red where they talk about oh, periods yeah, and stuff. Oh and yeah, animated like, too. Yeah. It's nice. I think the the closest thing I really got to that was 17 Magazine. Mm. I will say oh. like I feel like because I had that subscription and Girl's Life before that I do feel like I was very much more informed about things like period and sex and and all kinds of things that like maybe you couldn't talk about at school because I mean, I went to religious school for 12 years, you know, and I felt like I was pretty well versed in stuff that school didn't necessarily teach me. That I needed to know for life. And that is a failure of our education system, frankly. Especially for women.
1: I loved Cosmo Girl when I was a kid. And I loved reading it. Oh, that was good, too. But I think that's also where, like, the... uh, Like... I, I first started to notice that, like, I didn't like my body because my body didn't look like. But we also were raised in the early 2000s where it was yeah. like you had the low rise skinny jeans. And they it were always saying they were saying things to young women like, oh, you're not when you think you're hungry, you're really just thirsty. So just drink more water. So there's like all these kind of like ideas. I felt like my parents didn't really put them in my head, but I did have other. No. Cl- my, I, my parents were great. And my parents never once commented on my body um especially my mom she was amazing but like you did have yeah. like classmates and stuff that i
0: i was made oh to feel like i was, something like, was wrong viciously bullied as a child yeah. because i developed way earlier i think you said you did too and like it was just a vicious like and the thing is like in pop culture when we were growing up like i remember lizzie mcguire kate the bully girl oh she was a bully because she got boobs before everyone else I was like that is not how that works. Yeah. <laughs> you get boobs for everyone else, you're a freak. Like, and people mercilessly bully you. And I guess people who didn't know me growing up, like, that always surprises them that I was bullied. And I was like, why else do you think I'm a normal adult? Like, I got bullied. Like, I'm not. kids shouldn't have to be bullied. But I'm saying the kids who do the bullying – aren't usually the ones who are normal adults. We'll just put it that way. It's usually, like, because you're usually not, unless you work through it, like, you can work through it and become a great, like, I have a couple friends who were, like, I was the middle school bully, and, but they, like, also, like, weren't the bullies in high school. I feel like once you are past middle school, if you're still bullying people, there's something wrong (laughs) going on. But, like, it was really hard to, like, deal with all that shit. And I will say, I my family didn't, like, shame me for anything like it was not my family but i will say when you grow up religious there's shame in a lot of things um especially towards women and it is hard to ignore that even as an adult and to forget all of that shame because like you shouldn't feel ashamed of your developing body or having a period yeah or having body odor or body hair Or being not a size zero. Or being a size zero. Like, none of that should be abnormal as long as you are healthy and happy. You know? But that's not how we were raised. And I mean, we were on the cusp of people telling us that. But it was still, like... um, It wasn't in the mainstream. Now I feel like it's much better. But it was it was there. At least for me, it was there. But it was in the recesses. It was, like... It was hard to hear it over the crowd, you know, of where, you know, wear your thongs and your low rise jeans. I hate low rise jeans. Yeah. It's a fucking nightmare.
1: And that's all we had. And I I remember (laughs) even when I was a high schooler. (laughs) so I was like a junior in high school or a junior in high school and I had this teacher so it was like you know I'm very forthcoming I grew up in like a lower middle class family like our bills were paid we always had food in our stomach we always had like heating air but it's not like I was able to go and shop for nice clothes it was like I was either getting my clothes from like Walmart or Hot Topic and so there was a function Hot
0: Topic's nice I
1: do yeah you know well we we were very big like additional 50% off the 50% off clearance oh yeah you know but my baby. T-shirts and stuff. I, we were rocking. We were cool, but um, I had gotten this dress from like Rue Twenty-One, which was pretty popular. Now they're kind of yeah. dying out a little bit. And my teacher actually was like, "Have you ever seen the show What Not to Wear?" And I was like, "No." And oh she's like, "You really?" She's like, "You really need to watch it." God bless. And I was a like, bitch. granted, like <laughs> I was seventeen, which I get as close to eighteen, which is like get as close to an adult. But it just like really just tore some of my self-confidence away in that moment. Yeah, Like, you know, and I sit and think about that. That was, that was like almost half my life ago. And I still remember the way it felt when she said that to me.
0: Do you remember how Facebook had like those, like, you can leave a secret comment box? Yeah. Oh God. Someone left a comment in mine when I was a freshman in college and saying, you're such a pretty girl, but sometimes your clothes are too tight for your figure. Which was really saying, you have big boobs, and how dare you flaunt them. Yeah. Um, because I was dressing appropriately, and it really made me think about everything I wore. And that person was fucking shaming me. And I don't know who it was. Unless someone wants your help, I feel like don't offer it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, and that's my thing is how I feel, especially dealing with teenagers. And I'm not gonna lie and say that I've never accidentally hurt the my like my younger sister or my nephew's feelings I have before. I'm still we're learning, even as adults, we're constantly learning. But usually I'm not going to point out negative. I'm just going to say, oh, I really like that color on you. It's really pretty. Or I like that shirt. Really, that looks really lovely on you. You learn to point out positivity because that's what kids need. They don't need people to be negative or make them feel bad about themselves. And, you know,
0: it's okay if every once in a while you just are brutally honest with someone. But there's a way to be honest with someone. Like, I will never forget. I was wearing this dress and my grandma was like, Katie, you are – she was like, I'm just going to let you know – I like that dress, but I don't think it's the most flattering shade of green on your skin tone. I feel like there's a better shade on you. Like, that's how you do constructive criticism. You don't say, that looks like shit on you. You go, like, hey, maybe we should try this shade of yellow instead of this shade. Or, like, like let's see what your colors are. Like, let's see what looks best. on Because there are, like – and you know what? She was right, but she didn't, like, tell me I looked like shit. Yeah. And, like, there's just, like, a way – to also like, and I hate when people are like, Your clothes are too short, they're too low cut, they're too tight. I'm like, It's not your body, you shouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, mind your own fucking business. Bodily autonomy, uh, exists. Yeah, um, but yeah. Oh, so did you watch anything else? I did, and I know we're nearing the end of this, so I yeah. think you
1: actually saw this movie, and I. I wanted to see this movie because years ago I saw this documentary called This Film Is Not Yet Rated. And they mentioned this movie and they actually did a, they actually, the director appeared in a few segments of this documentary. So I watched, but I'm not a cheerleader, but I am, I'm a cheerleader. but, oh, I'm, a but cheerleader. I'm a cheerleader? I'm a cheerleader. Love yes. it. So I did watch that. And I'm amazed because I'm like, oh my God, this film came out in 1999. It's 24 years old, but it is very funny. RuPaul plays a quote unquote straight person. Yes, yes. <laughs> I even like it that uh, Julie Delphi, who like I mainly known her from the uh, Before Sunrise trilogy. She's the she's the lead female in the Before Turnline Sunrise tri- Sunrise trilogy. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. But she has just like this random cameo as this like lesbian in a bar, and I'm like. If Julie Delphi was in the bar, I would want to stay in the bar with Julie Delphi. That's just me, yeah. personally. Uh, she's gorgeous. But yeah, it's just really, really interesting. But it's like Natasha Leone is so young. Um, but I like that I know, it. she's a baby. She is. It's like, oh my goodness, she's so little. Um, but yeah, it was a really cute film. And I, I love a good satire. So I'm just like, okay, this oh, is cute. Yeah. And it's short. It was only like 90 minutes long.
0: Yeah. Heavy satire, very short. I think it was, when I watched it, I think it was streaming on Freebie mm-hmm. or IMDb TV, one of those, or maybe even YouTube for free. It often streams for free because it is kind of an older movie. Um, but it's not like old, old. It's like 90s. Yeah, early it's 2000s. 1999. Cause that's what yeah. I was,
1: I think I watched it on Amazon Prime and I was like, holy shit, mm-hmm. this came out the year my younger brother was born. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's really good. It's very funny. It's very satirical. Um, Catherine, what's her face? Kathleen? What? She's the bad lady in Casper, but she, uh, oh. Moriarty, is it Catherine Moriarty? I think you may be right. Uh, Shh. she's got, she's oh, Clay, she like, Clea, Clea, Duval,
1: Clea Duval. Clea Duval. or no, no, Clea sorry. Clea Duvall is it's the, is the love interest. Gosh, Jen, it's, uh, Cathy Moriarty, you're right. Kathy Moriarty. Yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: She's, oh, God, she's fucking phenomenal as the villain. Yeah. I love it. And it's just like, and it just exposes, like, uh, you should watch it. It, Because also, I'm glad you mentioned it, because there's an anti-drag bill coming up and some anti-trans legislation in our state of Alabama. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking stupid. And it's censorship at its absolute worst. And also, I just have to say that, was it Alfred Mooney? Representative Mooney, you fucking cunt. You homophobic, slut-shaming asshole. I don't know him that well, but that's who he is. Who introduced this Bill, with a couple other people. But, guess what? He's the nearest one to us, physically. So, fuck you. Your language is so obscure and so vague because you obviously do not understand drag performance that basically it would outlaw any exaggerated costumes for children's performers. So anyone K through 12. And it's like, so clowns can't be legal either. Do you not understand? This is why censorship should not exist because you ban one thing. You basically ban everything because you don't understand because your bigotry is not only fucking over the drag community, but it's fucking over like every community. It's, it's censorship. It's like what we all have to dress like, like what? I, it's just so stupid. I fucking hate it. You're fucking bigots and you're just mad like do you know like especially the city of birmingham has had a huge queer community for decades there's this really great uh like i don't know it's like a it's like an it's an, an account on instagram but i think it's like a it's it's like a organization called invisible histories project and where they like they they have all of these like like historic like queer community things like from the 80s and the 90s and earlier in Birmingham and you're gonna piss on all of that like in Alabama Birmingham has an actual pride central Alabama pride it's already started this year I was about to say there's Um, multiple events, events dedicated to
1: it in June multiple events me we went to like three last year
0: yeah, I'm going to I I was planning on going because I'm not in a show this year like I was last year. So I can actually go because we were running a show while all the stuff was going on. Um, last year, but we had a a couple of the theaters in uh, the Birmingham community, Birmingham Festival Theater and Theater Downtown. We were having a yard sale to, or it was courtyard sale to, like raise money for the theaters. Um, but some people from Central Alabama Pride came in and they said, "We are still having Alabama Pride. We are still having the Pride. It's we are not going to cancel it. So it is still going to happen." But the thing that makes me mad is like, it is only supposed to be. You know, 18 and under, I think, but I'm still like, I feel like it should be parents' decisions if they want their children to be around entertainment. Like, look at you and me. Like, my parents were a little more sensitive to censoring things, but they still let me see. I saw Rocky Horror at 14 years old. It did not scar me for life. It did turn me on to Tim Curry and that fucking bulge in those panties. I gotta say, sorry, that might be TMI, but I was like, I am so confusingly attracted to this man in panties and a corset. But who wasn't when it was Tim Curry? But, like, it didn't disrupt my like Catholic school upbringing like it didn't make me immediately it didn't make me gay like I don't understand why Ooh. people are so offended by it I think the more you, know? you
1: try to ha- hide things from the kids the more curious they get naturally about things too
0: exactly and then like yeah but I'm saying like but you weren't at, your parents didn't censor as much stuff mm-hmm. for you you're a perfectly normal adult like, like 92% like, of the time but yeah yeah. I mean what I'm <laughs> just saying like, like both of us are like well adjusted adults for the most part yeah. as well as you can be to being a millennial i don't think since censorship is just not the thing and i think it should be a parent's decision to be like does my child is can they um you know handle this form of entertainment sure yes or if, if your kid can't then don't take it out of show also drag performances are so varied like some of them are very family friendly very g rated and some of them i am i am like shocked i clutch my pearls i enjoy it but i'm like oh my goodness but like it's really fun and exciting and that's why it's it's a fun thing but like i just it's just the bigotry and i just it's these people that when it comes to guns, and I'm not necessarily anti Second Amendment. I think there should be restrictions yeah. because gun violence is out of control in this country. But these people are like, don't t- touch my guns. Don't take my guns. Don't do anything to my guns. But like children are dying. We've had, we had a mass shooting in Alabama recently. But what you're doing is restricting self expression and also you know, telling trans kids that they can't do sports what? and because that they're transgender, their parents can't, in some cases, even help them get health care, yeah, because you don't you are uncomfortable because you don't understand these issues because you didn't educate yourself because you stick your fingers in your ears and say la 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 and then you blame jesus for it and i think jesus would be fucking ashamed if you cunts oh. frankly
1: that's sorry that's the thing that like not sorry speaking on <sighs> the gun violence too it popped up on my facebook memories because i shared this post like two years ago and it's still like hauntingly relevant and it made me cry just re-watching it but they were doing like a workplace, like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you know, like a, um, a drill, like yeah, they were doing a workplace a like us, uh, like seminar, like, uh, like a workshop, mm. a workplace workshop on like, you yes. know, what to do if there's an active shooter and they're like, we're going to bring in an expert on it. And they brought in an eight year old girl and she's like, she's like, if this was an active shooter situation, y'all would be dead. That's like the first thing she said, because she walked in, they were talking. And she's like, because they could hear you. And, like, this one lady just started, like, crying. Like, she couldn't even hold it in. And I'm like, dude, kids nowadays, from the time they're in kindergarten, are going for active shooter drills. That's fucking insane. Terrifying. And saying that your five-year-old is scared of something like that a place where they should feel safe. That, like, breaks
0: my heart. Yeah. It's not okay. And they shouldn't have to be. But it's like, you know... I don't understand and like I told Brittany I've told some people this I used to be involved with someone who was very into firearms and quite frankly I have just been firearmed out I don't need to t- I don't need to talk about them for the rest of my life but the first time I went to a gun show with this person um, the first two people that they purchased weapons from did do a background check. And I was like, I was starting to think maybe I've been wrong about this whole gun show loophole thing. Third person that they got a weapon from, they just traded guns. There was no exchanging of information, no checking, nothing. And you wonder how people get illegal weapons. Well, they can just go to a gun show and do it. I'm not saying everyone who has illegal weapons does that, but that is a loophole that needs to be fucking closed. Like, why can't you just do a background check on anyone that buys a ticket and just don't let people in who can't legally buy firearms? Like, why don't you do that? That would be pretty easy to do because background checks don't take that long to do. They take like five to 15 minutes. Like, I just don't understand. Why can't we have a bigger age restriction? Because children are fucking dying and you're going to have more children dying because guess what? It's really depressing to repress yourself as a child. And if you already have, you know, trigger warning, suicidal thoughts, that is blood on your hands. And there was it was at Oklahoma or uh, what state was it, Montana, that there is a transgender representative who was silenced for pointing that out when they were trying to do an anti-trans bill. And she was sent out. She was misgendered and sent out just like the people in Tennessee were. And she had to basically, she's like suing them, thank God, because they kicked her out because she was just like, you have blood on your hands if you pass these anti-trans bills. And also, why do they care so fucking much about trans kids in sports? I don't understand why they think that gay people, transgender people, anyone in the, you know the rainbow mafia as we call it you know or i don't we but people call it that and i find it funny but i don't understand why they think that people are recruiting people for that i have had so many queer friends transgender friends non-binary friends i don't know anyone who's been like don't you want to be gay too katie don't you want to be trans like nobody fucking does that yeah the reason you see more transgender people more gay people more non-binary people is because for a while, it was less scary to be yourself out in public, just like left-handed people. That's another thing. People used to tell you you were of the devil if you had if you were left-handed so no one would be left-handed. They would all be right-handed. My grandpa was taught to be right-handed because the the nuns told him he was of the devil because he was left-handed. So like now people don't think that, and so there was a huge uptick in people who have left who are left-handed. It's the same thing. You know, but I don't understand this regression when we have real problems in this country of children getting massacred at school. Yeah, I'm like, that's the problem we need to deal with. Or, you know, the healthcare situation. Do you
1: ever think of even like the fact that like, so Tu Wong Fu came out in the 1980s. And like, could you imagine like the protests that would happen if that movie was made nowadays? Or like, if people would be shot in the theater seeing it like that's the kind. i mean of stuff. i hope it doesn't come to that i mean I but mean, like that's the thing like it's so scary to think about because there are people who are just filled with so much hate
0: and lots and i don't understand it yeah i i mean and maybe they always have been like i mean we also back in the 20s and 30s i mean the kkk was absolutely rampant yeah in the 50s and 60s You know, there – so, I mean, I think – I don't know if it's worse nowadays. I think – I don't know. I don't think it's necessarily worse. I think it feels worse because there was this lovely set of, like, a decade or two where things were always getting better for people. And it was a struggle. But, like, you know, we got gay marriage legalized. We got, you know, know, abortion was legal – And I'm not saying people, again, like, it's your body, your choice. But I'm saying, like, I think restricting things just makes things worse. It's just like censoring on children. It makes it worse when you restrict things. And you are forcing your beliefs on other people. And that is inherently un-American. Okay? And, in my opinion, immoral. And then these fucking people are like, I love America. I gotta save America. I'm like, America was fine. We were fine. Like, I just don't, I just don't get it. And, like, I personally have been, like, up against people who are very anti-drag and stuff, and they don't think certain places should have it. And I'm just, like, especially, like, in, like, the performance community, I'm, like, do you not understand that theater, performance spaces, movies, television, it was all built by a lot of queer people. Yeah, that's true. And also Shakespeare literally had cross-dressing in it because legally women couldn't perform. So I don't understand why you have a problem with drag now. If Shakespeare didn't have a problem with it, why do you have a problem with it? What the fuck is your problem? And it's just like, it's the hatred. And it's all these people who are repressed. And you know what? I used to, I used to be around a lot. I used to date a repressed person. I used to date a conservative. When my eyes were open... Fuck, I am, I am so upset with myself for putting up with the shit I put up with for so many years. And I will say I didn't – I thought the person was joking about it for the longest time because they were very sarcastic and they were very good at hiding it from the public. And then when it came out in my private life and I realized how hateful they were towards groups of people, I mean, it was – it was really – It really broke my heart because it was like I was so disappointed that I had like supported someone who I mean, they just disappointed me, you know, and I'm very happy to not be in that situation anymore. I'm so fucking happy now Um, and so not in that situation, which is fantastic. But I mean, I understand how people get in this echo chamber where they get more repressed and repressive and conservative and it just gets worse. And I get where they come. I get because I've seen it happen. But I don't know how to stop it except to talk on platforms like this. Even though we don't have a huge listening audience, we still have y'all, and y'all will, I'm sure, carry this on. But like, you have to talk about it. Even and you know what? I'm straight. I'm a cisgendered straight lady. So again, take it with a grain of salt. But I, I, I consider myself an ally. And I consider anyone in the community to please tell me if we're saying something wrong. But if there's any way you can support, if you can share stuff on – I know Facebook is terrifying, but maybe share some very positive stuff about drag to your conservative family members to let them know that it's not a threat on their well-being, on their life. And basically, like, if you want people to leave you alone about your life – then maybe you should stop trying to control other peoples. Um, But I do hate that there's this hatred and there is like this whole like attitude, especially, I mean, it's not just men, but there's a lot of men who are just like sexually repressed and socially repressed and they think the problem lies with people who aren't them. And so they have this hatred when it's really an internal hatred. And it's really just a really sad way to live your life. Because quite frankly, if you have to bother thinking about somebody else's life so often, your life is very sad. And that's the thing. But don't bring that sadness into everyone else's lives. And I don't know. We live in a conservative state, so it's hard. Like the city we, like Birmingham isn't that conservative. Yeah. But but the state is, and it's hard. Because I don't want to deal with this shit. I think it's so backwards. I'm sorry, I went on a rant. I don't even know where I was going with that one, but basically, I'm glad you brought up what I'm a cheerleader because it is something important. So if, if you can sign a petition, if you can spread the word, please do so, especially if you live in Alabama. Please, please call. I need to call my representative. Um, I think there is a drag march on May 18th in Montgomery. That's right some people so if you are part of the drag community um i have seen people post that on facebook so please get the word out and help and um i know we've been talking with i have some friends who are local drag performers and we've been talking about collaborating and hopefully we'll get to do that soon but i would love to get their take on what all this means for their livelihood yeah you know you are also shutting down someone's livelihood so yeah that's fucking... Anyways. Well, I mean, we still, we still live in a world where people
1: just don't understand why The Little Mermaid is being played by the black actors.
0: I mean, and-, and you know what? I remember I said something about it in the Logic the Grindhouse sense, Girls podcast, and then I afterwards I thought about it. I was like, Dale. what sounded... Really insensitive of me our editor um, is nr well, I was and i hate all music used is that kind of stuff we found in our annotations up. yeah because i'm like it doesn't, us doesn't fucking all of matter it so it she can sing really well so it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter i was
1: having a conversation with an older hey, gentleman i care i care very much about us and he actually brought it up and he was like but she was white in the movie and i was like but the movie is a fictional mermaid why does it matter and he's like why can't they just cast someone that looked like her i was like I was like, you know... Well, it dyed her hair red. I was like, you know why? (laughs) I was like, because little girls deserve to see themselves in characters they admire. That's lovely. That's true.
0: It's true. The only thing, like, I ever thought about it was, was like, well, technically, I guess it would have to take place in Holland because of where it was written. But I was like, but if they don't set it in Holland, then who the fuck cares? Yeah, That was basically my thinking. But it's more of Disney. Like, Disney's just weird with their logic sometimes. But I don't care because. It doesn't affect me. That's
1: how I feel too. Like I'm just like, you know what? This is a new generation of kids. And like if I just see my only problem is is that I don't really feel like none of the Disney live action movies have been that great. But I'm like, you know what? If if I don't like it, I'll just watch the original. Once again, it's nothing on this young woman. She's yeah, this is a breakout role. This is opportunity
0: for her. And I And she sounds great. Like like that's the thing. Also, like once I listened to her, I was like, I have no I was the only thing I said was like, are they setting it? Because sometimes Disney does this thing where they're like, well, like what they did with Beauty and the Beast, where they like picked someone who like is very, is a feminist and a decent actress, but couldn't fucking sing. And I was like, are they going to do this? Are they going to reset it here? Like, what the fuck are they doing? And then like, I heard the girl sing and Lin-Manuel Miranda is also involved in it. And I trust him. So I was like, you know what? I just probably won't fucking see it anyways, and it's not worth my time to be worried about if Disney logically cast this correctly. Also, I feel like Melissa McCarthy, it's a missed opportunity to cast a drag queen, because everyone knows Ursula was based on Divine. Yep, that's true. The drag queen, but apparently Melissa McCarthy at some point did drag. So, like, female drag, but still. Um, But I'm like, okay, like, all right. She's. I guess she's not the worst ever. I can't remember if she can sing or not, honestly. But the girl, what is it? Haley. Haley Bear-
1: is her name Haley Berry, or am I losing my? Is, mind? It ha-
0: is it Haley Berry? Haley. Or maybe. Or is it Halle Haley, Halle maybe it's
1: Hayley Berry, and that's why I keep. it's but I think it's like the way it's spelled. I keep thinking it looks like Hallie, but maybe it is actually Hallie Bailey. Hallie Bailey. Bailey. Okay, that's why. Yes. Okay.
0: I think. I mean, she. She has red hair. I, I mean just,
1: but, i don't but then that's like, like, look, like why do people have a problem i know that's why it like bothers me i was like oh yeah people can't just like fucking let people be in a cis. like they gotta have like well, they gotta like always bring up something wrong with something you know
0: well also like it's people like and i've been guilty of this where you get caught up in a logic brain a logic circle where you're like well logically it has to be like this but then like if you stop and breathe for a second, you're like, does it matter? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Who cares? It's a movie. It is a fucking movie. Also, the lady from The Watcher is the the mom? I guess, I guess Ariel doesn't have a dead mom in this. Or maybe she dies early on.
1: Oh, like, you know, is it sad that I know, like, Ariel's, like, The Little Mermaid, the beginning, which is, like, I think the third movie, like, it shows her mom dying, and it's like, why the fuck would you do that? Like...
0: Oh, God. Yeah, it that's why like, I avoided show, the other it movies. It does, like, a Bambi
1: thing. Like, she dies off screen, but, you know, she
0: dies. Also, Javier Bardem is King Triton. Triton. Yeah. That's fucking sexy he, as shit. He does look good from the I'm trailers. Sorry, ex- yeah. Yeah, I'm just excited about it now. Anyways, I guess what we say is, like, we all grow and change and learn. I'm very glad I'm not conservative. I wasn't really conservative, but I'm glad that I was shown the light and I would say if you are struggling with understanding people that come from a different walk of life maybe um I don't know if you can walk a mile in their shoes but maybe at least listen to people and expand your horizons watch some movies by people who don't look exactly like you because I feel like that's helped me become a more accepting and better person at least I hope I'm a better person like, I feel like it's really helped me be more accepting of people who aren't like me and embracing humanity as a whole because not everybody has the same life I've had. And it's good to learn that. And there's no bad coming from that. You know, expand your horizons. And movies are a great way to safely expand your horizons. Yeah uh watch to wong fu watch the little mermaid remake watch uh paris is burning watch parasite um trying to think i still need to watch tangerine which is like filmed on an iphone and was apparently amazing i started it once and got distracted but like there's a ton of movies out there that you can watch to expand your horizon and um you should do that you know it doesn't just because it's different from you doesn't mean it's going to make you different necessarily yeah you know nothing can make you be what you're not if that makes sense you know like yeah anyways but so expand your horizons watch the movies make sure that you watch orphan first kill how yes before uh next week's episode because i forgot to look up where it's streaming
1: i think paramount plus is one of them but is it the only one
0: i th- oh no prime video now prime video mgm plus paramount plus so three different ways you can watch it according to imdb uh julia styles is in it i frankly found it a so bad it's entertaining Mm. it's not good I would just say it was so bad it's entertaining and that was something uh, Ryan our our editor was requesting we do some like cringe movies and then I think was it and our our guest last week suggested it so um, I think it'll be fun Uh, but it's kind of fun it's more fun than not fun so that's good Um, but be sure to watch that and then I guess we'll just say Uh, good day, good night, good morning, wash your hands, have your vitamins, be nice to one another, and, uh, fight for your right to not only party, but party safely. Yes.
1: Uh, (laughs) yeah, you know me, I'm like, spray to neuter your pets, but not- that too. But please actually spay the new your pets. It is awful. And I feel like I'm on the verge of tears every morning when I look at the shelter and huma- uh, the adoption pages I follow. It's awful. It. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Like, Katie probably knows. But the other day, like, one of the rescue groups I follow posted a mama and six pit bull puppies. And I was like, if I leave work right now, go pick them up. Maybe I can have supplies and Taylor won't be as mad when he gets home. <laughs> so but you know i logically i knew that wasn't the best choice but it's it's something that crossed my mind but yeah this could all be avoided though if people actually took care of their pets and spayed their neighbors but anyway yes guys um yeah you know um support your friends i'm getting tired because my brain's shutting off call yeah. call your legislators in my
0: yeah, okay. legislators. Thank you.
1: Call yeah. your legislators. Uh, your
0: representatives.
1: Follow some sites. Follow some good Instagram. You know what? I've said this before, but one of the best pieces of advice I ever saw was like follow six people who are different from you, because that can give you, that can gives you real perspective into someone else's life. So follow people who are like different sexualities, different religions, and just kind of step outside what you know as you to understand people and then maybe your life will be filled with more understanding yeah. and love um but yeah so obviously i'm not making a lot of logical sense right now we love you guys take care- oh you are well, thank you we love you guys take care of yourselves and each other and we just look forward to seeing yes. you next time same spoopy time same spoopy channel stay Say spoopy, spoopy all. All. Bye. Bye. Bye, Katie. bye bye <laughs>